praise you, for, Lord, you certainly are worthy. We give glory to your name now, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Do we have any deep thinkers in the crowd? Anybody? One, two, yeah. All the smart guys point to their wives. Sometimes, I, I don't know if you like to do that, but, but sometimes I just, I just like to contemplate things. I just like to, to really, you know, kind of take it and, and, and look at it a little more closely and, and, and kind of turn it over a little bit and, and think about it. And, 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 and this is really good if you're still in school. Um, to, to remember, this is really good with papers, by the way. So, so don't write your paper the night before it's due. I know, shock, right? Um, but, but write it early enough to be able to put it away and then go back and look at it again and think about it a little bit more and kind of think through and, and look. Well, I, I like to do that. And, and so we're, we're going through really a, a series called The ABCs of FBC Cloudcroft. And, and in this series, I introduced last week that that I wanted us to, to take a closer look at some things. And, and so one of the things that, that I want us to take a look at is our vision. And, and we're looking at vision in this sense as who we are. And, and I know that there are some of you that, that woke up probably about 155, 159 this morning and sat up in your bed and said, who am I? If we're really honest, most of us sat up and said, where am I? Sometimes you travel a little bit, and, and, and that's kind of what you do. You wake up and you say, if it's Tuesday, this must be Cloudcroft, right? So I'm trying not to hum like that, but I'll. <laughs> so uh, to, what, what I want us to do, in, in fact, as I began this week, uh, what, I, what I thought I would do is just handle this whole idea of vision uh, in, in one time. And there are three parts that we, we say who we are. And, and and what I realized is you guys probably wanted to leave before dark today. And so so we're going to handle this in three different parts. But but who we are, that's really important. And and one of the things that we always need to think about is is who we are really kind of has two two senses to it, doesn't it? It it's who we want to be. If you were to ask someone, who are you? Sometimes the description you might get is, is really who they want to be, and, and then we, we have to come back to reality and say, that's who I want to be, but, but I'm not quite there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still on my way to that. And so uh, as we talk about this vision and sense of who we are uh, today and the next couple of weeks leading into Christmas, uh, think about it that way. It, it's not just who we are, but, but this is really who we want to be. I, I want us to be able to say, when someone says, tell me about First Baptist Church Cloudcroft, that you can say, we are, and then you can give this description to them. So l- let's begin with the first one today. It's in your notes. And, and, and by the way, um, it, th- this is uh, something I'm going to do this because I'll forget. Uh, if you're, are anybody on Facebook in here? Um, Sometimes it's slap face, depending on who your Facebook friends are. Uh, that was supposed to be funny, but I guess I'll chuckle on my own later. Uh, if you'll check into First Baptist Church Cloudcroft, that, that's way cool. It's really fun. Um, we're going to start taking roll that way. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Some of you never get counted. You're like, I'm not on Facebook. But but who we are and really who we, who we aspire to be, 
who we want to be together because we're not this way perfectly all the time. And, and, and in order to kind of get this, our, our vision statement, we, we went back to Acts chapter 2. If you remember Acts chapter 2, verse 42, this is the birth of the church. This is the way it's supposed to be. Now, we, we can't do everything exactly like they did, but we can get the ideas from this. This is the, the type of group that we want to be. So let me read this to you. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And he says, and they, that is the, the, the new believers, by the way, um, th- this is a church plant of 3,000 men plus the women and children. So just so you know, they started out well. Peter preached a 15, 20-minute message, and boom, they had a church of 3,000 plus. Um, I'm not Peter, and we're going to take more than 15 minutes, just so you know. And they devoted themselves, that is the new believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. They hung out. They liked each other. Weird, I know. They hung out. They were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So you get the picture. So, so brand new believers, and, and, and they were hanging out. They were doing life together. And, and it really has just, just a, a neat look. And, and they, 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 the way that they hung out together and treated one another and loved on one another was really cool. And it was noticed by the community. It says, and they enjoyed favor with, with everyone. This is in Jerusalem. They enjoyed favor with everyone. Everyone looked at that group and said, that's cool. I, I like, they didn't use the word cool. There's a Greek word for that. I don't know what it is. But um, in, in uh, Nicaragua, it's 20. <laughs> Y'all don't care, do you? Um, so they looked at that and they said, that is appealing. That, that is inviting. I think I want to be a part of that. And, and day by day, it says the Lord added to their number. So, so when we're talking about describing who we are, the, the vision of who we are, the, the first way that we do that is we say we are Christ followers. That ought to always be the first description of who we are. Now, I know we want to use the word Christian, but just like so many things in our culture and our society you can say you're Christian, but then what, what people want to do is say, yeah, well, I've seen some of those Christian people, and, and I don't want any part of that. Because we live, uh, I don't know if it's so much true anymore, in, in a Christian nation. You, you go to other countries, and, and this is a whole lot more, you're Muslim or you're Christian. And, and so we would say we maybe live in a Christian nation. Most of the people would still kind of claim some affinity to being a Christian living in the United States. And yet that, that doesn't really, it's not descriptive of their lives if you, if you look at what a Christian ought to be. So what we say for us is rather than say Christians, we want to say that we are Christ followers. Now that's different than what you normally hear in the world, right? Uh, you probably didn't run across anyone this last week where you're talking with them and they say, oh, I just want to let you know I'm a Christ follower. 
I'm a Jesus dude, you know. I like that a woman. I'm a Jesus dudette, you know. We don't hear that a whole lot, but listen, I think it would do well for us if we could return to identifying ourselves back to Jesus rather than this broad term of Christianity. We say, you know what, I'm, I'm a Jesus follower. I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. And that's probably going to lead into a little bit more of a conversation with you. I'm a Christian. Oh, no, no, I've, I've seen that. Yeah, I know. I'm, I had someone the other day, I'm not religious. That's what he said. I want to say, me neither, man. I hate religion stinks. Jesus is pretty cool. We're Christ followers. In Matthew chapter 4, this is just one of the many, many examples. If you remember the way that, 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 that people began with Jesus, most of them, particularly the 12, and this is what we're looking at here, uh, most of them were invited to follow him. Here's what it says, Matthew 4, uh, verse 18 and, and 19. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, that's Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. That, that's really fun. The Bible of it, that God knew some of us just needed a little bit more than others. They, they were fishing because they were fishermen. All right. Maybe I'm the one that finds that more interesting than you. But So they were fishermen. Jesus goes and he sees them. Now, we know from uh, Luke that, that there's more to the story than this. They were already familiar with Jesus. But, but he said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men rather than fishers of fish. By the way, the word in the Greek just is fishers because what else would you fish for, right? They're fishers. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men if you follow me. So they were invited to follow him. And when that happened, when people began to follow Jesus, they had a new purpose. All of a sudden, Peter and Andrew were not fishers. Now, actually, this plays better in English than it does in Greek. They weren't fisher men. They were fishers of men. Do you guys not like language? Does that not? Uh, I think that's cool. I, I think that's really neat. But, but their purpose changed. They, they got a new purpose. Now, any, do we have any fishers in here, any fishermen in here? Not that you do it for a living, but, but do you like doing that? I mean, I, I'm a city boy, but my, my family's from East Texas, so I've fished before. Bring something else to do. Um, the, 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 way, the way we fished was this way. You, you get a worm and you fish that little, do you squirm him on your hook, leave enough so that the tail's wiggling. And, and you've got your bobber on here and the weight. And you throw it in there and then you find something else to do for about an hour. Um, what, what always messed me up was when the wind was blowing. Because I'm like, oh, I got a bite. Oh, I got a bite. And I would yank that worm right off the hook, man, just whoosh. Maybe fishing is cool for you. I love fish. I love to eat fish. Um, so I'm glad that some of you like to fish. So if you ever need somewhere to put some of that extra fish, I'm just saying. But Peter and Andrew, that was their life's purpose. They were fishers. 
Because it's what they did. They were professional fishers. And when they followed Jesus, they got a new purpose. Jesus says, now all, all the way up until here, you would go and catch and clean and sell these fish. But you know what? I have a new purpose for you. From now on, you are going to be fishers of men. You see, you're not going to go and, and be our, our seafood market anymore. You're going to go and tell men that the Messiah has come to save them from their sin. That's your purpose now. And it's that way with us as Christ followers, even though we don't think about it that way, you guys look at me and you're like, yeah, because you're a pastor. That's like what you do. You know, that, that's your job. Uh, let me tell you, this is so much more than a job. Um, any pastor that sees what he does as a job is doomed. <laughs> he is he's doomed. I don't Why would somebody want to do this on purpose unless God has put that into your heart? This is my life. And I know you look and you're like, well, that, okay, but that's how you make a living and stuff. But it's different for us. Not so much. But because anyone, or I should say everyone who comes to faith in Christ, who becomes a Christ follower, guess what? You now have a new purpose. You are now fishers of men. That's not just because you receive your, your living from it like pastors but you are a fisher of men. You are now a proclaimer of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. You have a new purpose. And, and so that's why we want to say we're Christ followers, and that should tell people that's what our life is about, is following Jesus. It's not something we do on Sunday. That's called religion. It's not something that we, we go to occasionally. I, I'll never forget. You guys have probably heard this story. I come back from... from uh, the, the summer with my aunt and uncle when I met the Lord and, and tell my good friend Tom Telligman, I like seeing his last name just because it's fun. looks like Telligman, but it's Telligman. Again, I'm the only one that likes language in here, I think. <laughs> and I told him, I said, man, I'm, I'm a Christian. I got saved. He goes, eh, yeah. I've seen it before. Friends go off the camp. They come back. Don't worry. Don't worry. You'll get over it. Thank God I haven't gotten over it yet. You see, this is, this is my life now. I'm a Christ follower. It's not just something I tacked on. It, it changed everything for me. S secondly, not only as, as Christ followers do we have a new purpose, but, but in Matthew 16, 24, here's what it says. Jesus is talking, and, and Jesus begins to kind of narrow the focus a little bit for the big crowds that came. In Matthew 16, 24, he says, if anyone would come after me, in other words, if you want to follow me, here's what you need to do. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, anybody have a cross necklace? I have one. I like it. It's cool. Um, we, we used to have crosses in here. We're, we're going to find some cool way to, to incorporate those again. Cross for us means something different. When Jesus said this, the cross had one purpose. Do you know what it was? Death. Never used for anything else. So what Jesus was saying here is, hey, look, if, if, you, if you would come after me, if you want to be my follower, here's what you need to realize. 
you're going to get a new perspective on self. You see, because to follow me means you have to deny yourself. Now, I know, boy, that's not, that's not real easy going in this culture, is it? I, I saw the other day, and I see this a whole lot more. Um, uh, I, I just use Facebook to promote church stuff and to get my news, basically, because you guys just aren't laughing at anything today. We need a laugh track. That's what we need. Thank you. Um, but I see this a whole lot, and, and it's self-care. Have you all seen that on, on Facebook? You know, the self-care. We, we need to do some self-care. You need to, in other words, I, I just need some me time. I just need to take some time for me. Now, I'm saying you don't be sure that you eat healthy and you exercise. You do need to take care because, you know what, without this body, this mind's not going to do a whole lot. Sometimes not a lot with the body, but take care of yourself, obviously, but, but it's not about me. And, and what Jesus is saying here is, is, is to follow me, to be a Christ follower. It means you get a new outlook on self. You know what you know our outlook on self as a Christ follower is? It means I need to put my interests and my desires aside. It's not about me anymore. In fact, I, I love the way Paul says it. He says, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You don't even belong to you anymore. So, so we get a new outlook as Christ followers. We not only have a new purpose, but we have a new outlook on self that we deny self. We're not looking out for us. You take care of yourself, but, but you're not looking out for yourself. It's not, I'm number one. It's not all about me. Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, you you have to deny yourself to the point of counting your life as nothing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not in a hurry to die, okay? I'm I'm not in a hurry. But, But I watch these movies, and man, people will do anything not to die. And I'm like, you're crazy. You, you see, I, I understand a little bit Paul's dilemma. Paul said, man, I, I, you know, he's nearing the end of his life. He knows that it's coming, and, 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 and he says, guys, I'm, I'm kind of pulled both ways. Man, on the one hand, I know it's to your benefit that I stay, I'm not a disciple, that I encourage you, that, that he continue to mentor like he was doing and produce disciples. Paul said, look, I, I know that, that on the one hand, for, it's for your benefit but I stay, that I stay, but Guys, I know where I'm going. <laughs> you see, for me, to die is Christ. <laughs> and, and, and it blows my mind that to watch, you know, and, and people will do anything to save their life in these TV movies. And I'm going, hey, look. <laughs> the best day here ever doesn't hold a candle to the worst day in heaven. <laughs> and I don't know how many best days you've had, but there aren't too many of those here. Jesus said, look, as a Christ follower, you get a new perspective on life. It's not about you. You just need to, to set yourself aside. So that's what it means when we talk about being Christ followers, that we get a new perspective, a new outlook on self. The other thing that he talks about is in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 21. 
And, and this is the guy, you know, we call him the rich young ruler, right? We, we, we know he was obviously wealthy. The Bible tells us that. We assume uh, that, that he was a ruler, someone of prominence, a youngish, youngish kind of guy. And, and he comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to enter heaven? Jesus gives him a couple of the commands. He goes, yeah, I've, I've done these since my childhood up. I thought that was pretty arrogant. <laughs> you, you know the compassion of Jesus for this guy because if I was Jesus, I would have been tempted to say, lie much? <laughs> you, you lie a whole lot or is it just like right now? And, and, but Jesus, Jesus' compassion for this man caused him to say this. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. So Jesus looked at this guy, and Jesus said, you know, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what you need. You only lack one thing. <laughs> man, I wish he would say that to me. Larry, you just got one more thing to work on. You only lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. I, I get the impression, man, this guy was this close. That he was this close. And, you know, the rest of the story, it says the guy turned away and was sad because he had much. He had a lot. But what this tells me is that being a Christ follower, we not only get a new purpose, we not only have a, a new outlook on ourself, a, a new view of self, but we also have a, a new look, and, I, and I'm going to use this word, and then I'll, I'll give you a, another one that's, that's a little bit better for it. But, but we get a new outlook on money. There's a really technical word for this that, that I think it actually describes it better. It's called stuff. The Bible word is mammon, material things. We, we get a new outlook on that. And, and, and here's what it is. That, that You know what? Everything belongs to him anyways. Everything belongs to God. It, we, we know that. Boy, that's hard to live out, isn't it? Um, <laughs> except, um, you know, it's pretty icy today. Uh, driving might, might have been a little bit dicey for you on some of the side roads. When someone runs in to your truck... You're like, Jesus, somebody just hit your truck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it all belongs to him. What if, we could, what if we could transition from owner to manager? What, boy, what would that do for us? I, I know for me, it'd take a lot more stress off. Jesus, your truck needs some new tires. Right? Jesus, what are you going to do with this house? Jesus, I've been setting some money aside. What would you have me do with it? But what if we became managers rather than owners and realized, you know what, we're just going to manage this for him. Hey, Jesus, this is yours. What, what would you want? It, listen, if... If someone said, I have $1 billion that I'm going to entrust to you, we can't even get our mind around a billion. We're still working on getting our mind around a thousand, maybe. $1 billion that they entrusted to you to use and distribute on their behalf. Man, how many phone calls would you be making to them? Hey, look, 
been looking at this as a, as a really cool opportunity to help some people, this little country in Africa. Or, hey, hey uh, there, there's, this, there's this guy over here that, that, that wants to open hospital and give free health care. And I think that might be pretty cool. You know, what, what do you think about that? I mean, can you imagine that I, I sure wouldn't be going off on my own a whole lot of being, oh, hey, there's this opportunity. And, hey, look, there's this opportunity. And what do you think about this? And what, what about that? And wouldn't, wouldn't that be cool? To just be a manager of a billion dollars for somebody. If we realize everything, everything is his anyway, we're, we're just managers. What would that change for you? It would sure take a lot of stress off, off of my life for me. Um, I, I, I've been doing the retirement, you know, kind, kind of thing because I, I realize someday I'm going to be too old and feeble to stand behind a pulpit. Hey, you know that they make chairs though. Someday I'm going to be too old and feeble to sit behind a pulpit. <laughs> and and if I looked at that all the time, every time there's a hiccup with the economy, I would freak out. Someone said, "How so? How how are your their annuities? Not technically, but they will be. I don't know. What? It, yeah, I mean." It, you just put it where you think it's best to put it and leave it there, right? Well, the stock market's down. Yeah, doesn't that mean that every dollar is buying more shares of what I'm buying? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to retire. But you see, that, that's set aside. That's, that's not like something I'm, I'm going to stress about. And it could be. It could be that when I get ready to retire, that's not there anyway. We, we get a new perspective a new outlook on on our stuff. And then finally, here, here's the last thing that, that being a Christ follower means for us. Uh, it, it's in Luke. Luke chapter 5, verse 27. Uh, Jesus is going along. He's still, he's still calling his, his initial 12 uh, disciples. And, and, and he calls probably the most unlikely guy. I, I don't know if you've ever looked a lot about the disciples um, there, there's not much Judas. We know the end story for him. We don't know much about the other part, but, but this was probably if he, if he had called all the other disciples and he says, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about this guy. They would have said no. Even before Peter, who <laughs> I think Peter rubbed everybody the wrong way. And that was Jesus sandpaper for the disciples. You know, I, I gotta call him cause he's going to get the rough edges off everyone. 527 in Luke. After this, he, that's Jesus, went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi. We know him as Matthew. Sitting at the tax booth and he said, follow me. (laughs) And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. We skip over way too much in the Bible. Tax collectors, we, we know from Zacchaeus, the really tall guy in Scripture. We, we know from Zacchaeus that tax collectors were stinking rich. That's a Hebrew word. They're stinking rich. They were wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. How do I know? Because when Zacchaeus came to Christ, he said, I'm going to give half of everything that I have to the poor. And if I cheated anyone, I'm going to pay them back four times. I don't know about you, 
But if I gave half of everything I had, I couldn't pay anybody back anything. He was wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. Matthew was a tax collector. Now, he was ostracized from the Jewish, his Jewish tribe, his people. But it says he left everything, everything. I don't want to read too much in the scripture, but, but I think all he had was the sandals on his feet and a shirt on his back. They didn't wear shirts, but tunic, robe. I, I think I, I take that literally. I think he just left it there. I don't know what kind of chaos that caused with all that money laying around, you know. He left it. And, and then and then he did something, so, so he had his house still, obviously. And Levi made him, that's Jesus, a great feast in his house. Uh, any of you Lord of the Ring fans, anybody... Bilbo Baggins, you remember that? When, when he throws this big 870 tooth party, or I don't know, I, I can't say it like he does. Thank you, 111th. By the way, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan and have not seen VeggieTales, Lord of the Beans, I'll check it out to you. It's hilarious. Um, but, he, but it reminds me of that. It may have been that way. Bilbo Baggins is throwing his own really going away party and and levi may have been doing this you know what one one last bash i'm gonna throw and he invites all of his tax collector friends (laughs) and jesus and i'm sure the other disciples were there isn't that cool you know what this tells me It, it tells me that he got a new outlook on life changed everything for him he, he left everything all of his his tax collecting business behind which was like the most lucrative thing you, you could have and you've got the roman uh guard to, to back up your tax collecting for you so people are going to pay whatever you you made them pay he left that behind he throws one big bash and the reason for the bash is he's inviting all of his unsaved friends to meet this guy that changed everything for him. He had a new outlook on life. And and I noted there he left everything behind, but he, he pursued because he understood what we saw in the beginning. He has a new purpose. He pursued those fish, those men. So, so when I say, when I say that, that when we talk about our vision, when someone asks, tell me about First Baptist Church, Cloudcroft, before we tell them about our programs, and, and man, I do that right away, so I'm, I'm having to make a change for me too. Before we tell them about our programs, before we tell them about our service times, before we tell them uh, about the things that we do, what if we told them first about who we are? Tell me about First Baptist Church, Cloudcroft. Well, Man, the first thing I got to tell you is that we're, we're a group of Christ followers. Well, what does that mean? Don't you think that's going to be the next question? You pull out your notes. And you say, well, first of all, as a Christ follower, it means I have a new purpose. It, it, it's not about making it in this world. It, it's about telling other people about Jesus. 
what he's done for me and what he can do for them. Now, hopefully, they haven't run away screaming yet, <laughs> but I, I think that's appealing. And then you say, not, not only that, but you know what? We, we don't look at ourselves the same way the world says that we should. We, we don't say that, that it's about us. What, what we say is that we need to set ourselves aside because it's, it's not about us. It's about you. It's about other people. In fact, being a Christ follower has even changed the way that I look at my stuff. You see, the world says to get all you can and can all you get and sit on the can. <laughs> and, and, but, but being a Christ follower means that I understand that I'm a manager, that I don't own anything. God owns it all. I'm just a manager of the stuff. It's not my truck, it's God's truck. It's not my house, it's God's house. Now, I need to talk with God because he doesn't have a whole lot in his bank account right now, but, but it's not mine. I'm just managing it for him. So it's even changed my view on stuff. In fact, being a Christ follower means that I, I even have a whole, whole new outlook on life. You see, here's the thing. I'm willing to leave all this behind because this isn't what it's about. You see, this life isn't the end. This life is just a jumping-off point. But I am looking forward to the eternity that I get to spend with Jesus. So if you're asking about First Baptist Church, Cloudcroft, that, that's who we are. We're Christ followers. And something you need to know about Christ followers is this, that Jesus changes everything. Everything. Now, they may say, yeah, I saw you at Walmart the other day. And you can say, you know, he's still changing some things. <laughs> he's still changing some things. What about so-and-so? Yep, yeah, he's, he's still changing some things in them too. Hopefully, they'll say, what about me? And you can look them in the eye and say, being a Christ follower isn't easy, but I'll tell you, Jesus changes everything, everything. So here's, here's what I want to ask you to do today. This is a really specific ask. Are you ready? Um. So get your Twitter accounts. <laughs> you don't tweet? Your Instagram account. All right, I know I'm dealing with an older crowd. Go to Slapface. Get your Slapface out, your Facebook. And, and here's what I want you to do. We're, we're going to have a time of response here, but I, I want you to make this response public. I'm scaring the fool out of some of you, aren't I? Good. Because I want you to, just outside in the coffee area, you can, you can do this there. There's a, a little sign you can hold that has a cutout for your face. And on this sign at the top, it says, hashtag Jesus changes everything. So, so I know some of you are like, I don't like putting my picture on there. Okay, 
if you don't like doing your picture, just go and on on your where it says what's on your mind, you do hashtag Jesus changes everything and put that all together. It'll have a red line under it. It's okay. If, if you don't mind doing your photo, then go get someone to take a photo from your phone with that thing and post that as your status. Jesus changes everything. Now, that's the outward thing that we do. The inward thing is this. Um, the worship team is going to come, and, and we're going to have a time of response. And, and I just want you to respond to Jesus that way. And, and I know what you're saying. I know because I, I think I think the same way a lot of times. Yeah, but he's still got some things to change. Okay, okay. Why don't we in this time say, Jesus, I want you to change everything. I want you to change my mind about things. I want you to change my heart about things. I want you to change my attitude about things. I want you to change my action about things. Jesus, while you're at it, would you just go ahead and change my family? We're getting ready to spend some time for Christmas. <laughs> Jesus, I want you to change everything. Would you, would you do that so when I post this that it's being true, that you are? And, and, and Jesus, I just take my hands off and you change everything. You change everything. Let me pray for us. Lord, I, I pray that as we do this, that, that it wouldn't just be an outward action. First, Lord, in this time of response, that we would, we would take our hands off of everything and ask you to put your hands on everything. And Jesus, I, I pray that this would become the mantra of our, our lives. Our, our Every morning when we get up, that we would say, Jesus, would you change everything? And maybe, maybe as we send our emails, maybe as we send text or as we, we sign off, however we communicate with people, that, that that could be our tagline, hashtag Jesus changes everything. And we could just remember that that's true and we, we want it to be true and continue to be true of who we are. That you change everything. Jesus, would you? Would you do that? We thank you that you're faithful. We thank you for your love for us. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.